Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. As you just heard there on the news bulletin, assaults on uh, members of the Gardaí have increased by 17%. But between Britain and Ireland, only one police force in armed, is armed, the PSNI. Reasons for that are obvious, but a report from the Northern Ireland Policing Board has suggested that perhaps not all officers need to carry weapons, given the reduced security threat and that the police very rarely have to fire them. As you can imagine, opinions on that vary wildly. Some think it's about time, others that it's far too soon. Among the latter group is Jim Gamble, himself a former officer in the PSNI and the RUC before that. Good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon. Uh, now, I suppose, Jim, their argument is that there is a reduced threat and members of the PSNI rarely have to fire their weapons. Would those things be true? Well, I, I think that there's an argument to say the threat has reduced, and it's most definitely reduced since the days when I was a serving RUC officer. That's, that's without a shadow of a doubt, and thank God for it. But let's not forget, when Lara McKee, the journalist, um, was murdered in Derry, uh, the terrorists were shooting at the police, not, you know, at those people uh, who were walking up and down the street, ordinary members of the public. Mm. So if you look at this in context, and the context is in, in in this month into the new year of 2023, we have the new IRA coming out with a statement saying that they will be continuing their campaign of violence, um, you, know, to, you know, to meet their political ends. So how anyone could suggest in an environment where violence is still considered a legitimate option and some people still consider uh, police officers legitimate targets, how they could consider taking away the personal protection weapons, weapons from officers is really beyond me. Yeah, now, I mean, unless I, I'm... Uh, the reports seem, seem, to be, seem to be suggesting that perhaps some officers might not need to carry uh, weapons anymore. Is there anything in that argument? Well, you know, I, I don't really think there is. I can't wait for the day when officers in Northern Ireland do not require uh, personal protection weapons. But the fact of the matter is, terrorists by their nature, and I can say this as a former head of intelligence, you know, the first thing they think about is the nature of the target. And they prefer a soft target, a target that is going to enhance their likelihood of escaping without getting drawn into conflict and potential harm themselves. So if we were to disarm a, a, a number of officers, a few officers, uh, you'd be disarming them and making them softer targets. And how would you select that? Because let's remember, you know, it's, it's not that long ago that terrorists were going to police officers' homes. We know that police officers recently have been targeted uh, at entertainment venues. They've had bombs put under their car at golf clubs. So so the threat still exists. Of course, it's not the day-to-day and, and I, I don't think this should ever be taken off the table. We should hope to move to a time and a place where officers uh, are the same as Angarda Shikana, are the same as their counterparts in, in the rest of the UK, and that they can patrol unarmed. But we're not at that place yet. Mm. The, the, how, is it, what's the process by which you kind of actually measure uh, the level of risk, uh, say, you know, between this part of the island and Northern Ireland? Is there some sort of system for doing that? Well, obviously, there's the, the intelligence agencies and they will, will share intelligence about the level of, of the active threat. And, and that can change from day to day with, you know, opportunities that present themselves to people who think the use of violence is legitimate. I think you have to put it in the, in the context of our history. Uh, and, and 
whilst you know, and Garda Shikona and other police forces across uh, the UK, for example, have never been routinely armed. Northern Ireland was armed, and police officers here were armed because of the context of the conflict. And up to and until uh, that is addressed, uh, I don't think you could you could remove personal protection weapons. But let me say this: if we are at a time and a place where we can actually um, consider taking away these weapons. Uh, which are handguns that are used for personal protection, then I'll believe we're in that time and place when first and foremost protection is removed from judges, when protection is removed from the most senior police officers, be they currently serving or retired, uh, and those politicians that are provided with a form of protection. Because if we're in a space that we think is safe, then surely it's safe for all of those people unless there is a specific identified threat against an individual. Mm. The problem with policing is you will turn up to police an event and you won't know in advance that you're going to be the target. So it's a much more complex situation than it appears. Yes, it would be great if after the Good Friday Agreement we continue to move to a position whereby we had sustainable and consistent long-term peace and opportunity for everyone, then it would be fantastic. That would be a, a, a goal that we could all score and move on from. But we're not in that place. Yeah. You just have to, you know, talk to the dogs in the street to read the newspapers to recognise that there are still people who represent a significant and real threat of violence. So, I mean, it'd be fair to infer from what you're saying that ordinary members of the PSNI wouldn't be crazy about this. And as you as you pointed out, other members of the uh, justice and law infrastructure, many members of that need protection. So, like, are the, the Northern Ireland Policing Board, are they completely out of touch with these realities? Well, if I mean, I think the policing board have a duty of care that they also need to remember, and that duty of care should apply to the officers um, that are engaged in policing on the community's behalf. So I have not had the opportunity to speak to any individual um, board member, but I would love to speak to whichever board member thinks that this is a sensible, immediate option. Now, for those who are saying we need to keep it on the table and consider it as, as the situation develops, then I'm, a, I'm, I'm behind that 100%. But if anyone thinks that now is the time or the place uh, to remove this type of protection and deterrence, because let's not forget, it is a deterrence. Much easier to attack an unarmed officer than to attack an armed one. I, I, I would love to hear their rationale for that, and I haven't heard a convincing rationale at all. Uh, well, because it seems to be part of a kind of a, a wider human rights kind of uh, uh, remit. Is it maybe just the thing yeah. they feel they have to say? Well, I look, the human rights issue and the, and the UN Convention are all critically important. And, and that is that, that wherever possible, police avoid the use of force. And, and of course, that is exactly what's happening. The absence of, of the use of force is what you want to see. So if you look at the 20, you know, 2021 year, you've got 440 instances where police officers in Northern Ireland drew their firearms. Now, that's 76 instances more than in the years 2012 to 2013. And what mm. you've got to look at there is they drew the firearms without having to fire them. Now, when a police officer draws a firearm, there has to be the justification available to them that, that would be available if they were to open fire. So I'm not aware of any cases where anyone has been able to report evidence where the officers who drew their firearms on those occasions did so without a reasonable cause and that the situation wasn't balanced and proportionate, in essence, lawful. 
Yeah. So th- those are the, the things you have to look at. And here's the thing. Isn't it a great thing that the, t- the, the number of occasions officers have to resort to using them has reduced so rapidly? We want to get to a point where they're not used, but we shouldn't forget the deterrent factor. Yeah. So these aren't long-barreled weapons. These are small personal protection handguns that are carried for officers. And you know, the, whenever I was carrying my own personal protection weapon as a serving officer, I hated it. You don't want to bring a gun back into your house with your children. But you also don't want to answer the door to someone with malicious intent who's armed to the teeth to kill you with both arms the one length. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's what it boils down to. We're not in that place yet, but let's hope we get there. How far away do you think that time might be? Like years, decades? Do you know, I, I, I would like to think it, it, it would be years, but I think it might be decades. It's about building confidence. It's about stabilizing our community. It's about ensuring that those people who feel you know, that they've got justification to resort to violence are no longer have sufficient support to operate or coercively control elements of our community. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, in Northern Ireland, you know, the, there, are, there are so many different factors, so many complex relationships, but we still have, you know, loyalist gangs operating, you know, at a criminal level with, with drugs and, and, and committing other types of, of, a, you know, of dangerous crimes. And we do still have dissident Republicans who are armed and who periodically commit acts of violence. So we're not there. And I don't think, you know, removing firearms from the police is going to help get us there. We've got to understand the vulnerabilities that everyone faces, become much more supportive and much more reasonable and rational in how we work with one another and and move collectively to a place where violence just simply is unthinkable. Jim, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Jim Gamble there, a former uh, member of the PSNI. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.